Hi, I'm Marie Poulin, and I'm about to have a productive conversation with Mike Vardy. Welcome to A Productive Conversation. It's me, Mike Vardy, and I'm joined finally by Marie Poulin. I can't believe it took so long for me to get Marie on the show. She is the creator of Notion Mastery. She co-founded Okie Doki with her husband, and her focus right now is helping entrepreneurs and small teams build their systems with Notion. She's also a fan of bouldering, making delicious homemade vegetarian tacos. We don't really get into that. We talk about her hair, though at some point during this conversation. Permaculture comes into play, the idea of journaling, importance of systems, so much more. I can't believe it took me this long to get Marie to be on the show. She appeared at the Big Ready when we had it live in Vancouver, and we've had many conversations over the years. Now you get to hear one. Here's my conversation with Marie Poulin. Enjoy. Marie, it's about time I had you on this program. It's about time. We, we had a productive conversation. <laughs> it's not like I don't have Canadians on the show. In fact, I revel in it when we ha- when I have Canadians on. And you're the closest Canadian, I think, to me that I've had on the show. I think I've had Russell Lolliker on the show before. And um, I'm not going to put in the show notes all the Canadian episodes. That could be an interesting composite post. Because I think a productive lot of Canadians. Well, and, and here, interestingly, right out of the gate, do I know that when I've gone to conferences and when I do live stuff that the Canadian doesn't come out right away. It's not something that people say, oh, yeah, I totally know you're Canadian. Like, And maybe that's because living on the West Coast, it's not as pronounced of an accent. Mm. But I wonder, um, I, I've been to conferences where I'll, I'll say either I get really social and I have a couple drinks and then the, the accent starts to come in a little bit more from being in Ontario or what have you. That's where I grew up. So, oh, are same, people? Same. Sur- I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, are people <laughs> yeah. surprised when they find? Like, is it like when it comes mm-hmm. up? They're like, "Oh, I didn't. I thought you were like." Because the assumption is, "Oh, you're American," but or you're not not Canadian necessarily. Does that even come up with you? It's come up with me. I'm just curious. It doesn't come up a lot. It has come up in person at conferences where where someone does recognize the Canadian right away. And I don't know what it is that I said, but they're like, oh, you're Canadian. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Gave it away. But no, but that's a good thing. It, it is. A, it, it's interesting though, because as soon as like when I went to FinCon, I spoke at FinCon a few years ago, back in 2016, um, I gave, I mean, it was talk about, you know, how to stop doing productive, start being productive, time, money, they're correlated. Right. But what's interesting is that all of the, all of the uh, exhibit hall kind of vendors we're like, oh, so like we can help you with your 401k. I'm like, not me. Like I would go around and they're like, what about your IRA and all that stuff? I'm like, and, and are you an escort? I'm like, I'm Canadian. And they, it, what are you that, saying to me? <laughs> yeah, it, <laughs> immediately they were like, they're like, yeah, okay, move along, move along. We have people that we can, uh, you know. Um, Legal systems are just so different. Yeah, it's <laughs> such a different it's a whole thing. Such a different thing. Now I want to I want to dive right into um, something that I think is also pretty different and maybe just fascinating to me. Is you have a, a post? I'm, I'm chuckling because I I do this to a degree with my own stuff. Let's say in Todoist or ClickUp, but about the hair journey, the journey of the wavy oh, yeah. hair. <laughs> Number one, excellent clickbait. Excellent, like, because it's like, what's to track, number one? And secondly, uh-huh. like, was that, you know, as, as somebody who loves to use technology and apps to kind of highlight that they can do things you wouldn't normally think about, was that the goal? Like, I, I'd love to hear how that worked and what the reactions people, were a lot of people giving the, the WTF reactions for it or where they're like, in, they're like, wow, this is fascinating. I mean, as you know, I, I track a good chunk of my life in Notion and I do use it to make my life better. I actually think it's much more of a personal development app than it is a productivity app. So I think of it as a way to improve my life every day, 1%. And so another example is improving my skin. So I've struggled with acne most of my life. And so I actually take a selfie every day and I track the skincare products that I'm using and uh, same thing with hair. So I only realized in the last year that I have wavy hair. I just thought it was wonky. I didn't know how to style it. And so I, every single day I was straightening my hair, stumbled upon a Reddit forum about wavy hair. And it was like, if your hair looks like this, it's because it's actually wavy and you're styling it like 
straight hair, which doesn't really work. So my mind was kind of blown open and I thought, okay, what is, what is this whole universe? I don't know anything about, don't know anything about hair products or even just how to style my hair. So I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to track this. I'm going to track, you know, day one, I have no idea what I'm doing. All of these terms and these phrases and pH balance of your, it didn't make any sense to me. And as someone with ADHD, memory can be an issue. Sometimes my my brain can act like a sieve and that information doesn't stick. And so for me, Notion is a way for me to track that stuff, make it more visible, able to make connections between things that might be a little uh, a little complex. So it just started as a way to help me remember and track the routine and what I was doing and what was working and what wasn't working. And I would rate it. Yes, no, okay, that worked, that didn't work. So I do that with a lot of areas of my life. It's uh it's 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 interesting because it brings back to mind when Tiago Forte was on the show talking about how he started his building a second brain drain by tracking his health stuff about what was going on. Yeah. So it it I think a lot of people and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. They gravitate to apps like Notion or there are others out there, but we'll focus on Notion specifically when there's a pain point that they don't that that an uh, apps that are already out there don't have the um, flexibility to necessarily mm-hmm. solve as simply, not as easily, yeah. but simply. Um, so this is, I've got two questions. I'm going to start with this one. Um, was that your, was that your inroads into notion? Was it, uh, or was it something like I found it, this is the answer. Like what, what did that look like? Cause I mean, people move from app to app a lot. Like we've Absolutely. been around for a long time to know enough that, Relying and and focusing your efforts on an app rather than, say, a framework or approach can be a real problem, especially if the apps go away. And you and I could probably spend the whole half hour (laughs) talking about apps that have gone away. So what was your inroads and kind of your your, the thing that gravitated you towards Notion? Yeah, so we, we talked about this a little bit before, but it was actually my studies of permaculture. So I signed up for a permaculture certificate, uh, permaculture diploma locally here. And, uh, you know, I tend to be a, a lovely group of, of hippies. Uh, they're not maybe super tech, tech inclined, I would say. And so we would receive course materials through email, through attachments, through physical papers, through random notes. And there, there was just so many different bite-sized pieces of information. There was no central place to log in and access your course materials. And it was pretty chaotic. Mm-hmm. Um, we also had a, a book, a co- you know, a compendium of resources and stuff. And it just, they were wonderful resources, but the mix of paper and then email digital felt really messy. And so I needed to kind of make my own system to kind of track all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'd already been kind of exploring Notion a little bit, but I didn't know what I could use it for. Right. And it was so organic, right? The fact that you could kind of mix different pages, it could kind of feel multimedia. I could chuck images and paragraphs and whatever. It felt very rich with possibility, but I just didn't know how to harness it. And I felt like this was actually a really great way to post those YouTube videos, attach those papers. I could take a picture of the papers and attach it. It started to become a place where I could collect some of those principles and the teachings and stuff. So um, really wrangling that permaculture uh, diploma was kind of my, my very first inroads into, uh, into the app. And then you expanded from there. Now, why didn't you go with Evernote out of the gate? Curiosity, curiously, because it was the, it was the player. It was Evernote one note. Notion. I'm not saying that notion is purely what Evernote is. There's a whole discussion that we'll get around that in a little bit, but uh, uh, Evernote had that at that time, it, it was the one that a lot of people dove into for things like that. Why, why did you not go in that direction? Was it just that there was something about notion that kind of just yeah. captured you? I mean, and I was an Evernote user for years and years and years, like probably Evernote beta, like I had been using it forever, but it did feel like more of a dumping ground. And I don't know if it's just not, um, wasn't able to take advantage of it in the same way, but I I would consider myself a very, very visual person. Mm. And so the ability to uh, see, I needed to see things a little differently that didn't feel like a file folder or tagging, like it just wasn't quite, didn't have that visual charm, whereas when I'm talking about permaculture stuff, like it's an inspirational space. You're in a different headspace there. It's less about storing information and it's more expansive and abundant. I don't know if this makes sense no, necessarily, it does. but it just had a different vibe about it that it, I it, needed to, you know? Yeah. It feels like almost like you're like, I need something that would be Trello-esque and Evernote-esque in some way, shape or form, but neither of them were quite the right fit, which leads yes. to my next question. 
So you said you had AD, you, you, you've, you're ADHD. Yes. Notion to me can be like either the best friend of someone that has it or, yes. as you know, <laughs> the, <laughs> the biggest enemy chaos. because there's so yes. much. See, that's the tricky part. And I think that's what happened with Evernote 2 initially was it tried to be too much to anyone mm. as opposed to – this is for this person to do like, and it's not like, I mean, really most people classified Evernote as like a digital filing cabinet. Right. And then yep. as we started to get into uh, personal knowledge management, we're backlinking, which is what notion really kind of leveraged. And there's other tools that do that as well. Um, but I've seen as you have the same um, potential downfalls for users that others, which are, Oh my God, there's so much I can do with this. I am overwhelmed. Right. Yes. So the very thing that you want it to do, which is to draw your attention to your intentions, can actually get derailed very easily by all of the innovation and oh, yes. flexibility. So how do you combat that? Because I think that that for anyone who's looking to use any tool, not just Notion, the um, the, the propensity to be drawn to explore and expand before, you know, just for the sake of doing it. Is, yes. is something that we need to kind of watch out for. Yes, uh, this is, de I think, definitely a very, very common problem. I think one of the ways I've gotten around it, um, I build dashboards for specific contexts. I think one of the mistakes I made in the beginning, and I think a mistake that a, a lot of people still make, is those all-in-one dashboards that can show you every single part of your life in one page. I can see all my goals. I can see all my to-dos. I can see all of my note, like everything in one place. And that adds to that feeling of overwhelm. Mm -hmm. Even if it's beautiful, you know, beautiful headers and beautiful cover images, it's still a lot of information for your brain to take in. And I think it adds to that cognitive overwhelm that we can feel. So... You, know, you you mentioned that word intention. Like, what is your intention when you're opening up this app? Is it to feel inspired? Is it to get something done? Is it to access information? So I've created these sort of dashboards that reflect these different things. When I'm in um, an education mode, like I want to learn things, I want to extract ideas, I want to take notes and whatever, get inspired, that, that can be a different place that I can go to. And those views are... I've already sifted through that information. The filters are already there. I'm not having to do that work every time. So I've said, just show me my 10 most recent notes or just show me notes that are tagged with this topic. So wherever I can, I've kind of pre-filtered and decided in advance, what are the most common ways that I'm using this tool? What do I want more of in my life? Right. Do I want more inspiration? Do I want more clarity? Do I want my principles visible? You get to decide what that looks like for you. So whatever you want more of, you get to design those pages, but being really intentional about what those contexts are can be really, really helpful and not, uh, not just showing yourself every single thing you could possibly ever access in one view. Yeah. And I think that that, that, that goes for any app, you know, if you're, if you're looking at your entire to-do list or your entire, you know, second brain, Exactly. It can be overwhelming. And in some instances, you're not even seeing everything because most people won't get really granular with the tasks and the things that are that live inside those things. So it's very exactly it's almost like I mean, to your point, it's almost like um, if you're looking at like a playbook in sports, it's like, OK, this is the offensive plays. These are the defensive plays. Oh, these are the plays for the line. like. So you're filtering it like it's expanding as you dig deeper. So I want to yeah. focus on I'm in education mode. Oh, here are the four things that I'm working that are in education mode. I want to dig deeper into this one. So it's almost like a drill down. Right. And whereas most people just, you know, have it all front facing and they don't know where to go. You've kind of created these these waypoints, these paths. Um Templates. Uh, I can't tell you how many templates I've seen in different places. Yes. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to say that. I mean, I think it's great. And I think that that it's allowed people who don't know how to, quote, code, they can now code with low code. And it's almost, again, very similar to Excel spreadsheets. Like, we're going to build Excel templates. And, all, like, these templates aren't necessarily new, but inside Notion, because what Notion has, what, 20 million total users, I believe? I don't know how many active users there are, but I don't even know. offhand. Yeah, it's a lot. But it's, it's a lot. <laughs> and some people are using them for websites and all that stuff. So if someone's getting started with a tool like Notion or any tool, yeah, where, what do you think? The, you've said you made some mistakes. I think some of those are necessary. I do. Yes, but what... When they get stuck, when they feel that first pain point or piece of friction, 
What do you recommend that they do? What did you do? Starting an online business or expanding your physical storefront online has never been easier thanks to Shopify. This global commerce platform supports you at every stage of your business journey. From launching your online shop to managing a million orders, Shopify is there to simplify and accelerate your growth. It's not just about selling products. So Shopify helps you manage every aspect of your business with their all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system. But that's not all. Shopify helps you convert visitors into customers with the best converting checkout process on the internet, which performs up to 36% better than other platforms. And now a special offer for my listeners. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash timecrafting, all lowercase. Whether you're just starting out or looking to scale up, Shopify is the perfect partner for your business. Managing passwords can be a real headache, right? Think about it. Every website requires a new password. Each one needs to be unique, secure, and somehow memorable. But there's a better way. Welcome to the world of 1Password, where your entire company can generate strong, unique passwords, store them securely, and access them across any device without ever needing a reset. Imagine never having to click Forgot Password again. With 1Password's award-winning design, managing passwords becomes a breeze for you and your entire team. It's trusted by millions, including top companies like IBM and Slack. Here's the best part. My listeners can try 1Password for free for two weeks. Right now, get your free trial at onepasswordcom slash ConVo. Secure your passwords and simplify your online security with 1Password. I mean, obviously, I've spent a lot of time in the mess, in the chaos, trying to figure out, like, what is the optimal system? What is this thing that I'm trying to do? So I've definitely gone through that mess for sure. And like you said, I think sometimes a little bit of that is necessary because I think we have to factor in that our brains work differently and people are productive in different ways and we need different things. And uh, again, some people being more visual. I remember just a little bit of a sidebar here. I remember sharing one of my dashboards once in one of my newsletters mm -hmm. and I got a reply from someone that was like, all you notion designers making things look pretty, you're wasting valuable real estate. You could have so much more in that page if you didn't use whatever view. And it was just so, it was so funny and judgmental. It was like, what if I actually don't want to cram more information? It's opinionated versus non-opinionated. But that's the yeah. thing is that it's interesting because some software is very opinion, needs to be opinionated to a point, but then to, and that's one of the things that I think people, and I know we're gonna, we're sidebarring a bit, but this makes total sense to do so, is that's one of the both, again, strengths and perhaps drawbacks Absolutely. of Notion is that it isn't very opinionated. The opinionation lies exactly. within the user, to your point. Uh -huh. So when somebody, and, and that's, I mean, it's interesting because that, again, transcends that. I, I've had some people reach out to me when I send an email newsletter where, with just links and they have to click on the link to get deeper. And they're like, why didn't you just tell us what it said? I'm like, because if I tell you what it said, it's colored with my bias, mm. Right. And I'm not saying that I, I mean, I've, I've kind of indicated you should go look at it. That's the, that's bias enough. Now you go ahead and look deeper and tell me what you get. Maybe you're going to, you'd be like, this is, I don't care about this. Or maybe you're like, oh, I, this is what I gleaned from this as opposed to here's what I think you should glean from this. It's, it's very, I mean, nuance. I remember listening to um, Terry Crews on the Rich Roll podcast. We'll link to it in the show notes where he said that we are losing nuance in the world where, you know, mm. with this idea of polarization nuance goes away because it becomes everything kind of is trying there's some absolutism taking place but the problem is there's yes. nothing, nothing is ever absolute but with notion and obsidian and even click up and a bunch at evernote if there's no framework or foundation which edwards i mean this kind of lends itself to edwards question a premium member of time crafting trust who's in the live stream that we're doing right now for this episode um like how to get started with notion. I think that's that in and of itself, I think is the hard part. It's kind of correlated related to the question I asked, which is, you know, I mean, because it can be anything that can be paralyzing in and of itself. Oh, yeah. Right. What do you want this thing to do for you? Yeah. And I, I, I try to recommend, you know, the simple, like what's the simplest thing you could do? Um, where is there like the highest friction point in what you're doing? Is it like your ability to find your notes that you made? Is it, you know, um, 
uh, creating a, a library of all the books that you're reading or something like that. Like, could you start with one small, simple use case? For me, after the permaculture diploma, it was actually just daily journaling. Mm. Every single day, It's it can be a calendar view, it can be a board view, whatever you want, but adding a new day, it's got a date property, tracking my feelings, gratitude, what did I feel? And getting used to just what does it look like to interact with this database every day? What sorts of things do I want to collect? Noticing how I'm feeling about it. Like there are so many different small ways I think you could use a tool like Notion while you're getting comfortable learning what it can do. So pick something small and be really intentional about that. Don't try to have it be this all in one. It's my productivity system. It's my library. It's this. It's my second break. Yeah, it can be. But what is the smallest, most important thing that you could get it to do for you that would really just kind of help you in a little bit every single day? Maybe it's just a simple note taking system. So um, I don't usually recommend people use it as a task management system. I actually think that's the most complex use case for it. And it requires a level of sophistication. That's a, It just takes a little bit of time. If you Notion kind of defies a lot of conventions or it just doesn't work quite the same way. There's similarities, Microsoft Access, or there's other things people can kind of wrap their head around it, but it's kind of its own thing. Yeah. So to get to that level, it takes a bit of time. I'd say start with almost more passive information than active, something that you're not having to add information to every day. Maybe it's that more collector. Okay, I'm collecting, uh, for example, you know, books you're reading, courses that you're taking. I think online courses is a really great one, right? So mm -hmm. I'm signed up for this course. That's an entry in your database. I'm taking notes about it. You can start to get to the point where you're tagging things, you're activating it, but starting, you gotta start small because yeah, it's gonna feel like a sort of impossible, daunting task otherwise. Um I want to shift and talk about systems. You mentioned systems um, with permaculture. I know when you were at the Big Ready, you talked about the the, the systemization, the systems that exist within that. Um, we've heard James Clear on the show before. Again, we'll link to it in the show notes. And this quote that he's often, but the, the quote that people know him best for you: people don't rise to their goals; they fall to the level of their the level of their systems. Yeah. Um, when you're starting a system, what do you believe? is like the basic steps. Cause I think again, and I think this is related to, to what we're talking about is most people. And you, again, you and I've been doing this for a while. They try to do it all at once. There's just <laughs> something about that. And I, and I know it's, uh, you know, this, it's so human to one. It is that, to one to achieve, yeah. like to, to, to get it done. It, it's the same. I mean, I, I argue that, you know, journaling, there's an example, like journaling is a practice. Meditation is a practice. It's not like you win. It's not like, you know, journaling, <laughs> yeah. like the, the, the end goal of journaling, um, uh, again, an example today, as we're recording this, Spotify just unveiled their wrapped for 2022, which is actually, I didn't realize how much I enjoyed it when that happened, but it did. Yeah. And the reason is because it creates a chronology of everything that you've listened to and creates a story around that mm -hmm. that you would not otherwise have put together, nor would you have realized that you forged. Journaling does that. Meditation, it's kind of like the invisible progress to a degree, this, this behind-the-scenes okay. progress. But when someone's adopting a new tool, a new system, a new framework, there seems to be this, like, I want to push this as hard as I can, as quickly as I can, Either to Fix it quickly, <laughs> yeah. Either to either yeah. to make it work or to see if I can break it and prove that what I was doing was fine. That that yeah. nothing is better. So when someone start when you're putting a system together, like I know you do dashboards and you work, you've in Notion you do specific things. But when you're building a system or creating a system, what are some of the things that you take into account right from the get go to kind of strengthen it over the long yeah. run? I mean, if I were working with a team, for example, like one of the first things you do is ask yourself, what are all of the different nodes, right? So a system is just like nodes and connection between nodes. That's really all it is at the end of the day. So you can look at that as um, categories, right? Like, are you tr are you trying to do uh, task management? Are you trying to wrangle information? What are the different roles that you're doing in a day? Uh, sometimes I'll, I'll kind of ask people to think about day in the life. Like, what are all of the different processes that you do in a single day or in a week? Who's impacted by those processes? What are the different tools that are helping you do those processes? So 
a little bit of a, of a map. And so it starts with the chaos, I think, is getting it out all in the paper. That could just be a list of bullets too. Like, what do I do? And then what do I do next? Then what do I do next? Where are the gaps? Where are the places of highest friction? So I like to get people to think about that is like, what feels the most frustrating in your day? Or what are the things you're doing over and over again, where you're like reinventing the wheel or like, there's got to be an easier way of doing this. And just kind of laying all of that out on the table and starting to look at what are those categories? What are the things that are, that you're touching, you know, hundred times a day versus maybe once a week versus once a month. Like where can we optimize for the places of highest friction first, but who's impacted by these different pieces and these systems too. So I think sometimes, especially at team levels, uh, there's a lot of invisible work happening that mm -hmm. we often haven't named. I think that's probably true at the personal level too, where there's, there's things that we do that we kind of forget even if it's working out or whatever, there's there's things that we're doing that we don't really consider as impacting the whole system. So part of it's like life inventory. Let's start with what does your life look like? What's actually on your plate? What do you want it to look like? Where's the gap between the two? And just kind of identifying nodes, relationships. How are these things, you know, impacting one another? Uh, just kind of starting there. Like it was a bit of sifting through the chaos first to sure. look at what are the processes that are missing here so that we could build a system to help kind of improve those processes. Well, without chaos, you can't have balance anyway. Like chaos and order. Um, I mean, I remember, again, and people who are watching this live, they see like all my comic book stuff behind me and there's <laughs> vision right there. And one of his lines in the Age of Ultron is, humans are odd they think that chaos and order are different things. Um, mm. They are kind of two sides of the same coin and balances. Yeah. Now, now let's actually, and this is interesting because it leads me to talk, thinking about balance and identity. So mm. one of the things I was really concerned about as I made my way through this journey of the last, I guess, almost 15 years now, wow, is being pigeonholed into the being an app person, being the person that's known for that. App. And and by the way, if you can't see this on the YouTube because you're not a Time Crafting Trust Pew member, Marie just nodded and slightly closed her eyes like, I feel you on that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I know so, where you're going with this. Yeah. So I, I had the opportunity to chat with Francesco D'Alessio of Keep Productive like an, a while ago before he had his, his first kid. And we talked about um, how he was running that channel. And I said, be prepared because – there's a lot of upkeep and there's just one of you, maybe your team as well, but you're talking about like multiple, multiple apps and a landscape where people are always building new things, right? They're building new calendar apps. They're building new note-taking apps. They're building new task apps. Heck, he's even built one, Bento. I'll, I'll link to that in the show notes as well, as well as my first impressions video I put on YouTube. Are you... First off, are you concerned with being having the identity kind of forged for you that you're the notion person or you're like the notion <laughs> master? I mean, you've got a it's notion mastery. Like, I mean, because there's others, there's others out there. There's Thomas Frank, there's several other people, Danny Hatcher, there's Absolutely. lots of people there. Um, and how do you future proof what you're like what you're building and what you're doing? Because you didn't do this. I mean, you were doing other stuff before this. You were doing, I mean, you still do design and website stuff and all that stuff, right? So um, Not really. No, but, but you were, you were like, so you can't, was, you don't yeah. have time now. Right. But I, I guess, how do you cultivate, there's the word, uh, the identity that you want knowing full mm. well that there's still, and there always will be this, I'm known for notion or they know me because of notion thing. Like what, what are you, are you, are you concerned? Are you working on it? Like what, I'd love to hear you're navigating yeah. that. Yeah. I love that you asked me that. Um, when when I first stumbled into this Notion universe, I had no idea how things were going to explode. To me, it was like a side project. I was using it to organize my own life. And then we did it, you know, to organize our business. And this is amazing, you know, uh, singing it from the rooftops and, and showing my friends how to use it. I was just so excited about what it was helping me do behind the scenes. I didn't know where that was going to go. And like like you touched upon past life was doing web design, helping people launch online courses. Like there were so many other pieces of my work that I think maybe informed the way that I see Notion. So user experience design is of course gonna influence the way that I operate in Notion and make things look attractive and think in systems. So of course, all of that past experience kind of colored the way that I saw Notion as this possibility tool. Um, when things kind of exploded, I could feel like I was on the precipice of all right, well, this is about to take over my life. Like, do I want this to take over my life? Do I want to be known as the notion girl? Like that's, that's a very real thing that could happen if I double down on this. Um, 
So it was, it was actually a very conscious decision. I said, you know what, F it. What's the worst that could happen mm-hmm. if I double down on this for a time? Like, what if I said, this is the notion chapter of my life and business, and I'll go all in on it. I'll make a course on it. I'll get known for that. And I can inject these other notion agnostic ideas, principles, ways of seeing the world, because I think that's what actually sets me apart in that space is I'm not just teaching the tool outside of any context. Like I'm saying, here's how to apply this in your life. How might this improve the way you show up in the world? Um, and that that's my favorite feedback from the course. Uh, not everyone gives us feedback, but people do say, I, I bought this expecting a course about Notion and it's actually a course about life mastery. Like what the heck, I was not expecting this. So that's where I think I could, I can't help myself. That's how I operate. I'm going to inject my own sort of opinions or biases throughout the way that I teach the tool. So I thought, it would be a way to get some of my ideas or my perspectives forward in a really interesting, creative way. So I said, let's let's just try it for a time. It's been three years now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and what's been nice about that is, yes, I'm known as, you know, the notion queen or whatever. Like people have sort of um, given me their own nicknames around that. And that's true. That's how I've gotten known. But a lot of what I'm sharing, either in newsletters, tweets, whatever, it's it's sort of like, here's how I'm using Notion to think about this other thing, where it's almost like Notion becomes this afterthought. And so what it's allowed is it's allowed me to amplify my reach, yeah. which then I think gives me more freedom and flexibility that after I can be thinking about what's after Notion. I can be thinking about what are the ideas that endure long after Notion might disappear. So it, it comes with, you know, it's a blessing and a curse in some ways. Like, yes, I'm getting known for something somewhat narrow, but then it's kind of an invitation for people to go a little bit deeper. And I'm sure you probably feel like that with your work too, where it's like, yeah, they come for the app, but but there's like other thinking about how we spend our time, yeah. what matters most, all of that. So it, um, it is yeah. interesting because I think the journey that I've taken, and it seems like you've done the same to a degree. And, and by the way, it's not just you. I think people, this is what happens, is you go from being a an enthusiast, you're using it, yeah. you're into it, all that stuff, to a specialist in that you become very specialized in the tool, the whatever it is, right? So maybe I was best known for, uh, again, using Todoist and, get, and, and, and different method and all the different productivity systems that are out there. And I could help people with any, you know, whether it's the Pomodoro technique or Eisenhower matrix or getting things done or what have you. And then you become a strategist, which you pro- which again is kind of happening along the way, which again happened with you. I mean, you were doing user experience that there's strategy involved with all that. Absolutely. And now you've got the tool that you can kind of leverage in that regard. But now the focus is starting to shift a little. And then eventually, and what's interesting is the more time you spend, and I'd love to, again, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, in dwelling in a space, three years, in this very specific space, but with all the other things that are informing it, there is obviously a philosophical bent that shows up. I don't think you can help it because you've spent a lot of time in an area. You're, you know, you're gaining experience along the way you're gaining knowledge. And then that turns into wisdom to a degree. And there's no, it just is a natural progression. I don't have you, do you feel that way? Oh yeah, (laughs) definitely. Um, and, you know, the sort of permaculture stuff I've been studying and systems, like there's just a lot of stuff that obviously informs the way that I teach and, mm-hmm. and show up and whatever. And so it's kind of inevitable, I think, um, to think about, okay, well, we did this at our team retreat. It was like, theoretically, Notion sells to Salesforce. Notion disappear, whatever. It collapses. There's a crazy bug. You know, it doesn't exist anymore. What are the ideas that endure after that? And I think even, you know, I run my company with my husband. So we've been working together since 2014. We have gone through so many iterations of our company. We've been like, we're the web design agency. Now we're a digital strategy agency. Now we're doing online courses. Like we reinvent ourselves every couple of years and we just keep collecting those insights and wisdom along the way. Both of us are kind of generalists. We, in the technology space, we work with customers all the time. Like we've seen so much and we have so much insight. And I'm like, yeah, if Notion goes away, like we're just going to apply this wisdom in a different way. And it just might look different than when, what we expect. Mm-hmm. So I'm not very attached to, I think, the outcome or kind of what it needs to be. 
there's going to be something different. My life is going to look very different in 10 years than it does now. And I'm very comfortable with that. I don't know exactly what it's going to look like, but I just see this as like every chapter is just giving me something really interesting and rich and different. That's just going to keep, keep cultivating, you know, this, this beautiful landscape that we're, we're building. It's almost like the hair journey. It's a different journey. Like the hair, (laughs) you understand more how to make the hair wavy, the rest of you mean, and you steal yourself for the future, right? Because you're kind of future proofing it. Um, Before before we wrap up, Edward, uh, one of our premium members has a, uh, another question. Um, so do you still use other tools, other apps, other than Notion? Like, what do you use or does everything go into Notion? Um, I know the answer to that. I think anybody <laughs> who, I think to your point about what if Notion goes away? What if anything, like you, it's important to, I mean, I've said this before. There's a blog post about it called Focus on the App Within because, and, to, mm-hmm. and you know, like have that framework in mind. I mean, August Bradley has his uh, his system that, you could move from one to the other. We've got time crafting that I, I discussed that can move from one to the other. David Allen's getting things done purposefully never tied itself or tethered itself to any yeah. app for that very reason. So what do you? What are some of the other tools that you use in addition to Notion to kind of make, make things go? Are you a small business owner struggling to find the right talent for your team? I've been there and I know how challenging it can be. That's why I recommend LinkedIn Jobs. It's not just any job board. It's a community where you can find professionals who are the perfect fit for your business, many of whom aren't checking other job sites. In fact, 70% of LinkedIn users aren't visiting other leading job sites, making LinkedIn your best bet for finding top talent. With LinkedIn jobs, you can post your job and reach qualified candidates quickly. 86% of small businesses find a qualified candidate within 24 hours. And now, you can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash conversation. That's right, for free. Don't miss out on finding top talent. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash conversation today. Terms and conditions apply. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think any business owner knows there's probably just like a whole wealth of tools that we do kind of have to rely on for different parts of the business, for sure. Um, obviously, most things for me go into Notion. It is my you know task and productivity and projects um, where I capture notes and things like that. But for things like mapping and ideation, a lot of that happens in, uh, happens in Whimsical, right? Mm-hmm. Um board, uh, just like creative boards where I can go and play and move things around and, and whatnot and collaboratively do that with other people in a, in a very visual way. I think right. that's really important. Um, you know, things like Dropbox, of course, for file storage, um, one password, like, there, you know, tons of tools that I think a lot of people uh, rely on on the regular. Um, but yeah, most of it does happen in Notion for but sure. But it I, didn't I think, start that way though, obviously, no. because you even said that task management and project management, like I, I'll be the first to say I would never, ever, ever recommend anyone do that for because it, <laughs> it requires unless you've got someone that can build unless you get a template unless somebody can yeah, yeah, and yeah. then you're using what that and you can modify those like make no mistake it's not that's the one thing I do love about templatization is that especially with Notion is that there's so much flexibility that you could you know make it your own right so uh, but if you're gonna try to you know out of the box build a task yeah. management solution inside of Notion old phone yeah new because it, the it, it's not I mean, it can do that far better. It's, you know, if someone says, well, I did it in Evernote, I'm like, well, that was crazy in the first place because it doesn't have the implementations in Evernote to do that at all. Right. Like, I mean, it's added more, but it, you know, that's not the lane it goes down. So you obviously didn't start there. It took you a while and you probably continued to, again, to use a guard, cultivate and nurture and kind of make it so that it fine tune it. Right. Because, but because you're in there, it's not like you're losing any kind of mental bandwidth or facing any friction along the way because you've yeah. kind of dedicated your attention to it, right? Yeah. Well, what are some of the tools, uh, if I can ask, Mike, what are your your main ones that you're Ooh. touching every day, whether it's the task management or the second brain? So we What's use, your stack? So ClickUp is my task management tool for business, for per team, right? Because it scales yeah. really well. We also use ClickUp Docs in there. Like we're really, it's kind of very much like how you're using Notion. We are slowly moving everything into ClickUp because it does have that now and right uh, it doesn't have as much flexibility as notion but that's by but design sometimes that's right? better yeah yeah. That, yeah um we use front for email because what i like about front is it does right. tether itself to ClickUp if you want it to but also you can have it's like a dashboard for all communications you can have your social in there you could have um 
even web chat in there if you want. But I can also have discussions with team members, which means I get to eliminate Slack from the equation, right? So oh, yeah. everything can happen, and I can assign emails to people in front. So if if I get a podcast guest request, for example, um, I can then assign that to one of my team members to review and then respond. I don't have to put that in ClickUp, which is what you used mm. to have to do, or forward yep. them the email. I just assign it to them, and then you can have discussion about the email in, in the discussion area. So it creates this it's, – it's the bridging of the gap between communication and, and, and task management, right, and project management. Yeah. So I really like it for that. Okay. Um, other And then really I'm still in the midst of my PKM kind of figuring out phase. I still have stuff mm -hmm. in Evernote. Because it's a pain to get it out of Evernote. Always has been, always will be. But I've used Obsidian. I've played with Notion. Primarily, we used it for like, we used Thomas Frank's film, like YouTube stuff for it because it was really well done. And I like what Thomas did with that. Yeah. You know, so that's, I think I have that template still. Um, but we haven't played with YouTube in a while in terms of long term planning. So it's mm -hmm. kind of, and, and frankly, we could move that into ClickUp if we wanted to. Um, yeah. Tana I've been playing with a little bit like there's that's the thing though is that there's so many that you could dip your toe into so frankly most of my ideation happens in drafts on iOS and Mac and then I will mm. move those into ClickUp for blog posts for things like that so and then we have uh, you and I actually just talked about it not too long ago we're starting to move all of our payment stuff into Thrivecart mainly because of Canadian taxation purposes by the way Pete mentioned the reason that we don't necessarily have that we don't have the uh the a's that show up every once in a while when we talk about when, when we're speaking canadian we don't drop a's oh, at the end of our okay. sentences so good catch pete hey eh? good job yes. um <laughs> so those are kind of the tools i mean there are, obviously there's other tools that we use but those are i think at the core what my team and i use now personally i use to do as for personal and mm. there's a reason for that you mentioned earlier that notion need to have filtration right like this is yeah. what i'm so for me the filtration is two different apps and that the the, the yeah. tethering is the tagging right so I'll use the same tags based on themes and, and modes and stuff like that in ClickUp that I use in, in Todoist. So if I wanted to look at my low energy tasks in ClickUp, they're all tagged that way. Same in Todoist. So the, the common ground isn't any kind of active technological or me mechanism that's done by technology. It's my brain. My brain goes, yeah. I'm tired. What can I do when I'm tired? Oh, I'm going to do personal stuff. Oh, that's in Todoist. So my brain is segmented that way because well, I know I, I can get distracted. Interestingly, yeah. I don't have ADHD, but I do know that if I'm looking at everything in ClickUp or everything in Todoist and it's five o'clock at night, I shouldn't be looking at work stuff anymore. I just shouldn't, right? Same thing with if I'm looking, that's why my emails are separate. I use airmail for personal email and I use oh, front for professional because I don't want to see it. I'm, I'm literally creating a walled garden for all these things. You so create more friction. Yes. Right, to make I, that I, easier. It's, yeah. forced, it's, it's a forced function, right? Because that way I don't get caught up. And, and what's interesting is people go, why wouldn't you just use one app? I'm like, you could. And there's ways to do it where it's like, I'm going to build custom views and all that stuff. You could. Yeah. But I don't want to take that time. I really don't. My time is spent better off doing other things. And frankly, it allows me to still have... It, it allows me to fill the cup that what I initially had, which was the app guy, like, oh, I can play because I'm not yeah. married to any of them, <laughs> but it's like, oh, well, click up. I, I get to know click up a lot more. I get to know Tubus a lot more. And my, my knowledge is still kind of increasing in those areas. Um, I will say it'll be interesting when I finally settle on a PCAMP right now, I've got most stuff in obsidian. I, I like mm -hmm. what Nick Milo has done with linking your thinking and I like the the idea of markdown and all that. So, I mean, I like all that stuff. And because I do need to get drafts kind of separated. But I bet that that will probably be the only app where I have to do that kind of filtering. Because you don't mm. want to have – I don't think you want to have any kind of, quote, second brain, PKM kind of stuff in multiple apps. I think Agreed. Yeah. that – because your brain is in one head. So <laughs> it's not mm -hmm. like I can – but – I do, but direction, I think, so I guess direction for me, it's important for me to be able to point, right? But when it Love comes that, to yeah. ideation and all that stuff, if I can have a filter within an app, like this is the personal stuff and this is the professional, because sometimes they connect too, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. And so tasks, tasks don't generally connect. Like, you know, if I'm going to run errands, 
I, that might be the only thing that does, but I rarely run errands for my business. Somebody else does that, right? <laughs> um, so, so there is a bit more separation and segregation of that. But when yeah. it comes to knowledge, that's all integration. And as a writer and a creative, I'm the guy that can watch pro wrestling and turn that into some kind of time management thing. Yeah. <laughs> but I watched pro wrestling not during office hours. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I think this goes back to the whole comedian brain, right? Like I've, you can't, you can't turn that off. You can't, and your design, yeah. I mean, your design mind, you probably, have you ever tried to turn off your design mind? No, it's, yeah, you can't, it's you, yeah. you got to lean into it. It's, when I worked at the film festival for years, the hardest thing I had to do after I left was stop criticizing movies. Because <laughs> we would go in to select films for the festival and I'd be sent to like Seattle and other places and we'd all, you know, the group of us would separate and they go, you're going to spend all day at this theater and you're going to watch movie after movie after movie after movie and you're going to say what you like about it, what you don't like about it, and then you're going to uh, tell us what you think. Well. I started to analyze movies that way because that was my job. But then I'd come home and the same thing would happen. And it really bothered me. So how did you let that go? Have you been able to let go I of have. critical? It long, yeah. It's been long, it's been long enough that I have. A plus I've leaned back into storytelling. So that uh. helps, right? Because, you know, my theater background, my comedy background would always supersede. You know, any wow. kind of the creative part always is kind of overridden that stuff. But when it was my job and I was spending hours and hours and hours, uh, it's hard to break that. So I will. And, and keep in mind, if I'm, I want to watch something, it generally goes into doist, whether it's personal or professional. Um, if I'm going to read the George Harrison uh, biography, I Me mine, um, you know, I bought it. It's research for any kind of work I might do. I probably have that in Todoist just because mm. it's reading and I, I like to read nonfiction. I just do. Mm. So that would be an example of something that kind of still stayed there. If I was like, yeah. I must read this, it becomes a task. If it's, I mean, I've got some daily readers here. I've got the Assassin's Cloak and the Daily Drucker, which are journals and they're anthologies and they're great. I don't yeah. have those sitting in any of those apps because I've literally have visual speaking of reminders that, Hey, mm -hmm. and what I love about daily readers, I mentioned this in an email not too long ago is I, uh, I read them every day based on the journal entry. So like November 11th, I got to read about armistice day from like the, you know, back in the, you know, in the 1900, early 1900s in assassin's cloak. Cause it's, I, I got to read about, um, oh, there was a guy who was talking about having dinner with Hitler back in like 36, back before the, like before the war. And wow. he kind of, you read it and you're like, this guy's like, Hitler's like, he's rather affable until he starts soapboxing. And then all of a sudden he changes. And I'm like, holy crap, this is written right. Oh. Like, like, so you see that that's something. So there's story there. And I could take that going, you know, nothing really changed. Like mm. human behavior is such a fascinating thing to study, which goes back to what we we're talking about, about philosophical stuff once you start spending enough time in this you start looking at the things that don't change and dig deeper and try to bring that back to people to say hey listen you know you should read arnold bennett's how to live on 24 hours a day because frankly the things you're doing now they did way back then that was over yeah. 110 years ago so yeah i i try to keep those i mean i know i went on a bit of a tangent there but the idea is um, I need that separation. And I think for a lot of people, it might be a better use of their time to have two different tools for yeah. to separate those things. Because sometimes having two different spaces that are physical, like the office it's and the home, helpful. aren't yeah. enough. Right? Yeah. No, love that. Um, all right. I'm gonna, we're going to wrap up here pretty quickly. But Edward, again, great question. Um, and it's very open-ended. So what's next for you? Like, what are you, it was a nice, it was a nice uh, kind of segue because we've talked about like, you're the notion queen, the notion girl. Um, you know, you know a lot about notion, but it's been a three-year journey and it's not like you're going to just up and quit using notion and say, I'm not doing that anymore. But what, what does the future hold? You just went on a team retreat. So there's gotta be some plans in motion. Yeah. We have been talking a lot about that future proofing. So how do we, how do we make a course like that? easy enough to update so that when Notion does add a new feature, it's not like, oh gosh, now we need to update 80 different lessons or something like that. So we're looking at how can we better future-proof it, make it more modular. Um, 
And then I want to start thinking about some of the system level stuff, like what are the systems that endure? What are the thinking? What are the what are the other philosophies that we have about kind of how we work or how teams can work or collaborate that are going to endure long after Notion? And do we lean into those a little bit more? Like one of the examples is um, myself and one of my teammates did a minimum viable systems training. Mm -hmm. right? So it's like, how do we strip things back to the absolute basics and look at what do you really need at a system level? You're capturing systems, all this stuff. Um, and that was really well received. And people were like, oh my God, I feel so hurt. Uh, you know, uh, a lot of us are in that sort of, uh, everything's on fire, it's panic. How do I, how do I actually really break this down into its simplest, uh, you know, simplest pieces and not, it was the opposite of notion mastery in a way. Mm -hmm. We're not building the ultimate system. We're actually just starting with ground zero. Let's just strip everything back and get back to ground zero. So it was really well received. And so I want to think about what are some of those things that people are clamoring for, they need, maybe there's a, a shift in perspective that they could use that doesn't matter if it's in Notion, doesn't matter if it's in Evernote. How can we really dig into what's essential, what matters most, and what is something that people are just kind of craving? Um, so we're kind of leaning into that, like what are the conversations we're hearing in the forum? What are the patterns that keep coming up over and over again? And what would it look like to lean into some of those trainings that support what we're doing with Notion Mastery, but still endure even if that didn't exist? So it's a little bit of let's wrap this up and make it future proof. And then let's start to expand like what are some other trainings? What could that look like? We're, we still don't know for sure, but we're just sort of listening to like, what is the market telling us? What are people asking for? And where can we pull our specific weird mix of expertise between, you know, Ben and myself to uh, to show up differently and, and to teach something different? Well, it's the start of the year, so uh, now's the time to kind of look in and lean into that kind of Absolutely. stuff. Absolutely. Speaking of which, where can people lean in and learn more about the work that you do uh, so they can keep up with it and see what happens as the future unfolds? Yeah, so a couple of different properties, notionmastery.com. That's the the sort of main one. That's our signature course. Our company is weareokidoki.com. We can drop a link there as well. Um and Twitter, I think, is probably at the moment. I don't know if that'll change, but uh, at Marie Poulin is, is one way to you know say hello and, and reach out. But uh, I think who I knows think, where that's going? Yeah, who knows? I mean, remember these podcasts are timeless. We'll see. Who knows? Maybe Notion and Twitter will be gone by the time that someone's yeah, listening to this. Yeah. Uh, Marie, this has been an absolute treat. I'm glad we had a chance to do this. Thanks for having a productive conversation with. Thanks me today. for having me, Mike. Yeah. Big thanks to Marie for joining me on the program can't wait to have her on again. If you want to check out all the things we talked about, relative links and relevant links and all things in between, head to productivityist.com slash podcast 456 to make that happen. And then subscribe to the show right now where you're listening to this, hit the subscribe button. That way you won't miss a single episode of what's to come, including next week's episode featuring Chris Bailey. Excited to have him on the program. It's another conversation that's long overdue. He's got a new book out. Lots to get into, but we'll get to that next week. Right now, what I want you to also get to is checking out the sponsors for this episode. You can go to productivities.com slash podcast sponsors to make that happen. You'll find the link to that in the show notes as well. You'll find me doing other things for the rest of the day, and hopefully you'll do the same. Productive ones, I'm sure, because that's it for this episode. Until next time, I'm Mike Vardy, the host of A Productive Conversation, reminding you to stop doing productive and start being productive. See you later.